to the Clinical Podcast Series brought to you by the American Academy of Optometry Foundation and our OVS Announces channel. Today's episode is entitled Relatively Stable Prevalence of Myopia Among Swedish Children Aged 4 to 7 Years Between 2015 and 2020. I'd like to thank our host and topical editor today, Dr. Mika Moy, and our topical expert, Dr. Andrew Pucker. And now it's my pleasure to begin today's podcast. Welcome back. In this episode, we're going to be discussing a paper that looks at the prevalence of early onset myopia in Swedish children. I'm Dr. Mika Moy, and our guest expert for this episode is Dr. Andrew Pucker, who is the Senior Director of Clinical Development at Lexitas Pharma Services. Welcome, Andrew. Hi, Mika. Happy to be here. Okay. So the title of this paper is Relatively Stable Prevalence of Myopia Among Swedish Children Aged 4 to 7 Years Between 2015 and 2020 by Thomas Bro and Stefan Lofgren and was published in the Academy's journal Optometry and Vision Science. So let's walk through this. So why were the authors looking at early onset myopia specifically? I think there's two things with this study. One, we think that the prevalence of myopia around the world is increasing, but the authors point out that there hasn't been any data in their region of the world recently. So they wanted to look at that. And then also, if you get myopia at real young ages, so under seven, you're more likely to be a high myope later in life, which is where you're more likely to also have retinal attachments, cataracts, glaucoma, bad things that can potentially leave you with uh, permanent blindness. So they wanted to understand really what's going on in their country. Okay. So this study was a retrospective study on a young age group of children. And so how likely is it that we have good data here? Whenever I see a retrospective myopia study, I get a little skeptical. But in this instance, I think it's okay because they have a lot of positives going on in their country. So they have national health care. And it, it's a small country. And also pretty much everyone goes and gets health care and they're in their electronic database. So this group of authors were able to go mine their EHR essentially and get what I think is actually probably a pretty representative data set of kids in that age group. Okay. And so what did they find? <laughs> What they found depends upon what you look at in the paper. So in, in the title, it says that there's really no increase in myopia incidence or prevalence. But if you look at their data, everything says there is. So this is a lesson in that you can't just look at the title or maybe even the abstract of a paper. I think you need to dive in. And essentially, they found a slight uptick in the years uh, 2012 to 2015 compared to 2016 to 2020 in the incidence and prevalence of myopia. It wasn't a dramatic increase, but it was significant every way they looked at it. However, they tried to couch that by looking at the literature and they suggest that their numbers is not any different than what's published in the literature. So if you look at the comparison between their paper and past papers, it's pretty similar in their country. But if you look at their data over actually a very short time period, 10 years, there's an increase in the incidence and prevalence of myopia. Interesting. Okay. So as we're looking at the data that was collected, how can this information help us or does it? I think this is just another data set that 
suggests that probably the incidence and prevalence of myopia is increasing. So we need to have a, a concerted public health effort to try to find things that could curb the, you know, the development of and then the progression of myopia. And you know, that could be with offering more myopia management options. In their countries, they have glasses. In the United States, we got contact lenses and atropine. And then maybe even if you're proactive, you send your kids outside before they become nearsighted, and that may decrease their risk as well. Okay. And so is there anything else you'd like to point out from this study? Yeah, one interesting thing with this study is that in Sweden, they did not have lockdown with the coronavirus pandemic, which is, as you know, kind of an abnormal thing. Most of the world is kind of shut down. And what they're trying to suggest is that their myopia rates did not go up during that time period. As I already pointed out, they kind of suggest that their incidence and prevalence is going up. And also their age bins aren't maybe adequate to judge that, you know, they had this big age group or sorry, age uh, time bin, which was 2016 to 2020. So they're lumping 2020 in with, you know, the previous several years. So yeah, um, I'm not convinced with that part, but it, it is an interesting thing to look at and maybe they can keep mining their really cool data set to hammer that home a little bit more. So maybe that's a follow-up paper for them. Right, because it would be interesting if Sweden is sort of used as the control group who did not lock down and we use their data and compare it against other countries where people did lock down, I know that there would be issues with, you know, our other retrospective data from other countries as robust as in Sweden. And maybe people didn't go to the doctor as much in Sweden during the pandemic, even if they were still going to school. There's a lot of variables, but it's interesting to think about that we do have this cohort that's potentially significantly different in terms of the pandemic and how they reacted to it um, visually compared to other um, nations. Yeah, I don't know the ins and outs of how Europe handled the coronavirus, but I'm suspecting there's countries that have a similar healthcare system, similar kind of race and ethnicity makeup that didn't shut down that they could compare to. So hopefully they can find some collaborators and maybe even use this data set and compare it to theirs. Okay, well, while we plan their future, I think we'll <laughs> end it there for this particular paper. So thanks very much for joining us, Dr. Pucker. Thanks for having me. And a special thanks to CooperVision for their educational grant to make it all happen.